Blog Talk Radio. in between. Live from Los Angeles, California, welcome to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show with your host, Shaw McCain. Hey everybody, I'm your host, Shaw McCain. I'd like to welcome listeners to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show. My show is created to provide an open-minded platform that welcomes the gifted and extraordinary thinkers from every walk of life and circumstance. Please follow the Paranormal and Sacred on Facebook for upcoming events and special speakers from around the world. We're proud to say we're translating into many different languages for our listeners outside of the country. And we're also staff pick, and I'm actually a featured host. And I'm proud to say all that. It's been a couple of years, and it's been awesome. The call number tonight is 619-924-9744. And the Paranormal and the Sacred airs every Friday night, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And you can also call in and listen over your, any phone, anywhere, anywhere in the world, really. So I'm going to repeat the phone number again if you want to listen by phone. Also, you can uh, find, I put the uh, link everywhere so you can find that to the show. It's easy to get there. Uh, 619-924-9744 if you just want to listen on the phone. I have a couple announcements to make before we have our guests on. Serial uh, International and uh, founder Yvonne Smith hosts a very special rare appearance by Debbie Jordan Cobble, joined by Tracy Torme and Travis Walton. And uh, it's the focus is going to be on abduction. And uh, Debbie Cobble is also known as Kathy Davis, the subject of Bud Hopkins' best-selling book and Tracy Torme's TV miniseries, Intruders, The Incredible Visitations at Copley Woods. And also we're going to be there to celebrate Travis's uh, new story about his life. So it's going to be really awesome. Now, this is coming up April 4th. It's coming up fast, 2015. It's going to be 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. at the Double Tree Hotel, the Catalina Room, at 6161 West Sennel Avenue, and that's in Culver City, California, 90230. You can get your tickets and more information on www.cerointernational.com. And that's where you can get more information on that. And we're all going to be there, and it's going to be really exciting. And we also, usually, um, the guests are up for it. We all go out to uh, breakfast after. So it's a huge amount of people eating breakfast together, usually at least 30. But it's so much fun because you get to meet everybody, you know, one-on-one and personally. And then I want to let you know that our guest last week, Bobby, Bob, Gary Bobroff, sorry about that, Gary, is a primary developer and facilitator of the Archetypal Nature Workshop, www.archetypalnature.com. And he's giving a webinar this Saturday, so I don't want you to miss it. So go to www.gsbobroff.com. Also go to his uh, uh, Facebook page. I know he's pasting links and everything about that. It's a, it's, it's a very nominal fee for what he's doing in the workshop. Uh, and you're really going to love it. And uh, he's an amazing guy. I'm going to give you the website again, www. 
A-R-C-H-E-T-Y-P-A-L-Nature.com. Anyway, that's enough for our... Uh, oh, another thing is I wanted to let you know that I'm actually into my second month of using uh, Marilyn Salas's beautiful, beautiful... It's called Love Blessing. This stuff has been uh, so wonderful. Every morning I get up, it's a mist bottle that has a jewel on it. It smells like incense. It's a very beautiful um, scent. You can put it on your hair. I put it in my hair and on my neck, and I also put it on my pillow to help me sleep better. And it's called Love Blessings. You can get it at www.loveblessings.com. And be sure you... uh, Get over there and uh, check out her stuff because it's beautiful. Marilyn herself is an awesome person. Of course, you know her husband, Captain Robert Salas, of the Montana Missile Range Incidents. Anyway, this week, our special, special guest is Robin Williams and she, Robin Reynolds. I'm sorry, I'm so tongue-tied tonight. Robin Reynolds, sorry, Robin. Anyway, she can shoot me later. Uh, It's about spiritual photography. It's very interesting. And she's going to be talking about her book, Let Them Know That I Am Here. It's a remarkable story of life after death demonstrated with a beautiful spirit photography from around the world with the choice of how to be in this life after a devastating loss of an only child. A journey began to not live, live in the grief of loss, but to honor the essence of this child and the lives that remain yet lived. And it's a, it's it's so beautiful, and she has uh, many experiences to share with us. And I'm going to get her on right now before I stumble around and say anything more that's not not great. <laughs> anyway, Robin, <laughs> you're live with the Paranormal is Sacred. How are you tonight? I'm fantastic. How are you, Char? I'm doing good. I'm just glad I got you on. So uh, uh, it's been an amazing week, uh, you know, that I've, I've read some of your book, and it's very touching, and uh, I'm just so happy to have you on. I am so happy to be here. Robin, where are you? Where are you located? Oh, I'm in Atlanta, just north of Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, Atlanta, Georgia. I love it, love it there. Uh, I used to go to Augusta every year to visit a friend, you know, and it was a beautiful springtime. When the majors were there, but I wasn't there for that. I was there to visit friends and stuff like that. So I love that part of the world, and so I know it's Me beautiful too. there. Yeah. So, um, so why don't you start at the beginning of um, where were you brought up, and um, how did this whole thing uh, happen, and what were the what were the belief systems when you were growing up as a child? You know, uh, I was I was raised Catholic, uh, and I and I. And I fought it tooth and nail um, all growing up. And and interesting that you brought that up because uh, several months after Kyle died, and I guess we'll start at the beginning later, I was in the driveway talking with my father. And my father said to me, I understand now why you fought me so hard growing up on the religious beliefs because had you believed um, those things, you would not be able to have the experiences that you're having now. So I found that to be fascinating. But to back up, kind of kind of amazing. Yeah, go ahead. That my journey really started. um, You know, um, my partner and I lost her son, uh, Kyle. At the he he was twenty, and we lost him in a car accident. And we were living life just like everybody else was living life. You know, we had our house, we had good jobs, and and then 
you know, the tragedy struck, and it was one of those things where uh, the bottom just fell out. I couldn't understand if he was a part of who I am, um, as as that's how we deal with the people in our lives. They become a part of who we are. Um, when he died, I, I didn't understand why I couldn't feel him anymore because he was a part of me. And I, and I understood that I was grieving, and I understood that I was living in this loss, but he was still a part of me. So I began to look for that part that I that I couldn't feel anymore and I began to, to ask him to feel, you know, that part of me that was him. And he began so to answer. Kyle, so, so Kyle uh, died in a car crash in 2003 and he was only 20. And uh, yes. he was your only child at that time. And um, then you uh, began to uh, feel wonder because, you know, sometimes I felt the same way about my father. And then uh, I I felt his death intensely, and then after that I started waiting, and it took me three years. So how long before you made your first contact with your son? Uh, it was within a matter of weeks. Wow. Yeah, we... I I had asked, I, you know, I said, I can't feel you. I need, you know, I need to feel you. And, and um, so one day I was standing... Uh, doing the dishes. Um, well, I began to have this feeling on my shin, and I couldn't decide if it tickled or it itched, but, you know, I, I needed to touch it, you know, to make that go away. And this was going on for a couple of weeks after he died. And then one day I'm standing at the sink, and and I'm having this feeling on my shin, and when I lean over to touch it, I get this, I'm going to say like a vision, because I saw it clearly um, in my mind. And what it was was, you know, my partner Connie would grab him, um, you know, by the face and, and pull him in and give him one of those big fish kisses, you know, where she's, mm-hmm. you know, she's got his thumb on one side of his cheek and the other fingers on the other. And um, every time she would do that, he would bring his hand up and he would use the back of his hand and he would run it across the mouth. And she would look at him and she would say, are you wiping that kiss off? And he would just smile at her. His blue eyes would twinkle and he would say, no, Mom, I'm rubbing it in. <laughs> Oh. And I saw that so clearly as I'm going down to to you know to rub this feeling that I'm having in my shin and I and I'm like oh my gosh he's answered me literally I have said I cannot feel him and so I said to him I'm not rubbing this off I'm rubbing it in and then I did not feel that sensation on my shin again so I knew that he had answered, and then I began to ask other questions of him. And what were those questions? What? So you began, did you, um, from then on, were you in, like, daily contact? And how were you uh, contacting him? You know, we would ask him for signs. Um, we read a book. Uh, Sandy Goodman wrote a book called Love Never Dies. Uh, her son, Jason, uh, he was electrocuted at a very young age. He was sending her dimes. We had been told by somebody that Kyle was, would be sending us pennies, so we were looking for the pennies. But then I got a, I, I was reading that part of the book where Jason was getting dimes, and I made a joke to Connie, and I said, you know, what is this? Kyle sending the pennies. Jason sending dimes. <laughs> so 
so the next that night I had this dream which was more like a visit um and and Kyle presented me with a casserole that he had made and and so when I reached for it he smiled and he shook his head and he said that the gift was in the casserole so with my hand I had to dig around until I found like this little container and when I opened up the container inside of it was a nickel and I started to laugh because in life if I had made a joke like that, Kyle surely wouldn't have given me the dime, but he sure would have met me halfway. So I thought mm-hmm. that was really, you know, definitely a you know visit. But it gets even better than that because that afternoon I met Connie at um, one of our favorite restaurants. And um, when the hostess took us to our, our table, we Connie and I just stood there in awe because – the table wasn't set, and there wasn't even the you know the sugar and the sweet and low on it, which was unheard of at this restaurant. There was nothing on the table except for a nickel, and I was just wow. in awe because it it was, you know, it was just this connecting and the communicating, you know, between the veil. Now you were saying that you were really writing your book that you started uh, going on a, a search to turn into seekers. And that you found uh, a young girl that was able to speak to the spirit. And uh, did you want to tell us something about that? So so I've run into many uh, people who've been able to speak to the spirit. Um, are you referring? Uh, I'm referring to the, the child in your book that... Um, that, that she was speaking in spirit and they were worried about her daughter uh, having some mental problems or was stressed out or something. Gotcha. And, gotcha. Uh, yeah, okay, go ahead. So, you know, because most of us don't have these experiences in talking, you know, to the, to the afterlife, when we begin to have these um, experiences um, like me, I... I kind of wanted some direction. Um, so I went online uh, to find out uh, if there were any groups, you know, in the area that might be able to help me with some of the experiences that, that I was having. And I wasn't having a lot of luck. Um, I know, like, if we were in England, they have tons of groups over there uh, where they do seances and meetings and stuff like that. But, you know, you're talking about a pretty small town outside of Atlanta, Georgia, and there simply were not a lot of them. But what I did find... Um, was this organization where um, a husband and a wife started uh, this organization because their daughter uh, had begun to talk to spirit and they were looking for help. And and they did not want uh, to shut down whatever was happening for this, for this girl. They wanted her to be able to experience whatever it is that she came down here to experience. So they were very open. Uh, and, and in this group, in this organization provided uh, support for other parents uh, that had children that were that were the same. Uh, I contacted her and I said, you know, I'm, I'm not in the same boat that you're in, but I, but I am connecting to a child that we have on the other side. Can you help me? And she invited me to several meditations with the group that proved to be um, very powerful experiences, I think, that helped me, uh, you know, with, uh, helped me, be more comfortable with the experiences that I was having uh and and ultimately lead to having deeper connections which was which was just incredible um, One such experience was that um 
we worry about our loved ones. Um, and and I was worrying a lot about what Kyle's final moments must have been like. And I did not want it to be a horrifying ending for him. And for uh, a month, I just was, was, I guess, maybe a little bit fixated on, you know, how he died. So when I went to this meditation, uh, Kyle joined me. And he said to me, you've been wondering how I died. Would you like for me to share that experience with you? And I said, yes. And what he did was he he showed me um, how the accident occurred. And what I saw was that he left his body before the accident happened, and he was standing on the side of the road with my grandfather, um, and he watched. The accident happened. Wow. And that, yeah. That's comforting. No, that's very comforting. Yeah. But what I said to him was, I said, what did you, what did you think when you watched it? You know, because that's a gift for both of us on there. Because, yes, now I know that he didn't suffer. And that was huge. I didn't have to spend the rest of my life, you know, worried that he had to experience that. But but it also allowed me then to ask him how his experience was. And so I said to him, you know, what did you think as you watched it happen? And he said to me, this he, what, he, what he said was that, he says, Mom's going to kill me. So he realized what had, what had happened, and he knew how that was going to affect Connie. Yeah. So um, do you mind if I, I find out the name of that group? Is, is, uh, do you it, want to tell us the name that, of it? Child, child Spirit. I, it, it, mm-hmm, yep, Child Spirit. Yeah. I think that's amazing. And uh, now, now, after this, this, uh, this whole thing happened and you began to contact him, did you um this this is uh would you consider this more uh like spiritualist um more like spiritualist uh, interest you know what i'm saying yes yeah. i i know that the spiritualist um did a lot like with spirit photography and they and they they mm-hmm. think a lot um right they function in terms of um you know that that you can communicate um you know with the people, you know, our loved ones that are on the other side. So um, I think you could, you know, you could definitely call it that. I I tend to 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 just really classify it as like we're we're all shifting. We're moving into, um, you know, the next uh, way that the, the next world view. Um, and I think that the the next world view includes our spirituality. Um, and I think that um, that we're all one, that we're all in the same space, um, and that um, that the veil is very thin, and that as we shift our our um, our thoughts uh, and we become more open to what's out there, then then you know we begin to grow. I agree with that. And then you had, uh, during this time, uh, I think it's during this time, you had a profound experience when, during a meditation with uh, 
uh, Mother Mary, I think. You named her Mother Earth, and uh, you had a, uh, a spiritual experience that it was Mother Mary. And uh, there's a few of us, me and some of my friends, have had a similar experience. Do you want to talk about that experience? Yeah. Um, so when I began to go into these meditations, um, I had a guide um, that showed up to help me, and I named her. Uh, I asked her what her name was, but I wasn't able to get a re- response, so I named her Mother Earth. Um but when I would go into these meditations, I would begin to uh, to to ask her questions, and then I would wait for the responses. And sometimes I could see her mouth move, and and um, but I couldn't I couldn't hear. Um, this is part of the gift that that Mary gave me um, in these meditation groups, because when we would come out of the meditation, uh, and this happened on several occasions. Um, Mary came to me and she said, you know, I talked to your spirit guide. Um, And in this, I'm still in awe over, and I can see myself just standing there looking at her and saying, I know because I watched you in meditation talk to my spirit guide. Um, And the message that my spirit guide would give to her to tell me is that, is that, Everything that that I need is available to me. Um, mm. And 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 the other message was that you know we always are taught um, to say something. I'll believe it when I see it. And actually, yeah. and this goes into a little bit about what we were talking about before. If you believe it, then you'll see it. And and both of those were profound experiences. Um, for me because um, let's, you know, like like the perfect example. I began to ask Kyle to to give me validation that he, in fact, was still with us and still was going to be with us throughout the rest of our life. And part of that validation was that we asked him to appear in pictures for us. So the first trip that that we really asked him to do this was a weekend that we were supposed to take him to college for the first time and get him situated in school at school and we knew if we stayed home that weekend we were going to crash and burn and we knew we needed to stay busy so we went out of town with some friends we brought the camera we actually we went to vegas we're we're getting ready to go downstairs to meet some friends and i go to grab the camera and when i pull it out of the bag the battery is dead and i think to myself the camera back so we go we go downstairs. We're not downstairs but a couple of minutes, and one of our friends says, hey, will you guys pose for this picture? And Kai and I just looked at each other, and when she took the picture, we both asked Kyle to be in it. Now, we don't even have the nerve to ask her for another three hours if we can see the picture. Uh, but three hours later, we look at the picture, and and we secretly view our very first orb that we got uh, when we asked Kyle but it goes back to to what made me think that I asked for too much. Why didn't I just change the batteries, <laughs> right? <laughs> now, now, Spirit fixed that for me because they made sure, you know, that Joy took the picture for us. Um, but it goes to it goes to to our belief system. If we believe that we've asked for too much, then it's not going to happen. You're going to put the camera back. But if we believe 
that our loved ones are there um, and and that, you know, they can validate that they're there, then the most incredible things can happen. And and I know this because Kyle's been providing that validation along with lots of other spirits uh, for 10 or so years now. Well, why did you feel you asked too much? To... Um, to somebody that that uh, that that wasn't um, into, I don't know, spiritual things, paranormal, to ask for a dead person to appear in a photo just seems a little bit, <laughs> you know, much. Yeah. Yeah. In today in today's society, but if you and that's what I'm saying. So if you believe that, that's the experience that you're going to have. But if you let those those societal beliefs fall away, and you live in the yeah. love of the connection that you have, then you know that it's not too far fetched and it's not too much to ask. I I, I believe totally. I think that. Um, also that you were being humble, too. You didn't want to ask too much. You were already experiencing these beautiful things and that, you know, sometimes the, the humility uh, sometimes gets in the way. But on the other hand, um, I believe the universe ex- is extremely generous and the spirit is very yes. generous, just hardly waiting to give us everything. And we're the ones who have the problem asking. Cause, because a lot yes. of times we don't even know what to ask for or how much, you know, you just can't go out, okay, I want everything. It doesn't work like that. Like, right. what do you want to be right. specific, you know? Sometimes you just need yeah. help growing because you don't really, yeah. you know, your mind's not there yet. You know, you're willing, yeah. your heart is willing, but I have signed, found out that I don't need to know much, you know, and that God will uh, help me or the Spirit will help me uh, to the next level. I haven't had to... Uh, I've studied a lot, of course, and I work hard helping others. I do a lot of stuff, but I haven't, you know, it doesn't require that we have to be a genius and have a certificate to get through this thing. You just have to have a willing heart and ask with an open heart and open mind, you know, and uh, I believe have goodness, and uh, that's what this is all about, you know. That's what, that's what I believe. Yep. I agree with you completely. Because cause my higher power is very generous, and I'm the one who yeah. who doesn't seem to. I seem to have a limit. My higher power does not. I agree with you completely. Okay, I have chills on that. that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's. Well, you know, here's, it's, go ahead. Well, here's the thing with Kyle. You know, for me, that that particular request was one of many requests a validation that he had come with us on the trip. When I got home, I was I was on to the next validation because I was determined that, that even though Kyle was no longer here in the physical, he was certainly here uh, in the form that he was, you know, now and that uh, he was going to continue with us. But when, when we got home, <laughs> excuse me, Kyle had other plans because one evening he woke me up and he said, come on, let's go take some pictures. <laughs> And we went, uh, we went. Da- I went downstairs. Down there, I was more awake than I was when he was talking to me, and I wasn't able to talk to him. 
and I never find myself up in the middle of the night. I, I'm a sound sleeper, and so now I'm up in the middle of the night, wide awake. I don't know what to do because Kyle's nowhere to be found, and so I decide to go over to the computer. When I go over to the computer, I find out that it's not on, which was odd because I always left that computer on. And when I went to check each of the different wires and cables, all of them were were all connected, and, there, and I was not able to get the computer to come back on. So I lean back in the chair, and I hear Kyle say, take some pictures. And I look, and there's the camera, and that was another odd thing because the camera was always upstairs, was never downstairs. So I grabbed the camera, and I took a couple pictures, and he says, go outside. Now, when Kyle died, our backyard was in major renovation. So by now, everything was complete. Excuse me. I go outside, and I start taking pictures, saying to Kyle, I remember you standing here talking to the gentleman that was building this particular rock wall and asking questions, and I took that picture. And I moved over to the next part where Connie and I had built this little rose garden uh, in honor of Kyle, and I took that picture. And I did this all throughout the backyard. I think I had a total of about 74 pictures. When I finished talking with him, I came back into the house, and I sat down at the computer, and I said to him, I need some help getting this computer on. And Kyle says to me, well, push the button. So I pushed the button and the computer went, came on. So I was like, wow. When I stuck the the card in there, the most incredible pictures, one in the rose garden, you know, several, you know, where he was talking to the guy that was working on the, um, you know, on the rock wall. And I was like, this is so cool because for me, I got my validation with the first picture. But Kyle really liked this spirit photography deal. And so he made sure that it was something that we continued to do on a regular basis. And I found that to be really another gift. That, that we can connect in that way. And it and it's more than just connecting to him because now I can connect, you know, the lot, yeah, the spirit on the other side. And um, do you use, the, to, to connect with any other sides, do you, uh, do you practice anything like uh, like automatic handwriting or anything like that to, for messages and things like that? I don't. I use the pendulum a good bit. Um Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I meditate, and when I'm in the zone with the camera, I will uh, sometimes communicate with the spirits. So they'll be, they'll talk to me, and I'm able to understand their message. It's interesting. It's interesting because uh, uh, that you chose photography as a source. Actually, Kyle that chose the photography that you go that way. And uh, yep. what did... What do these uh, spheres or orbs, some people call them, what what do they mean to you when you saw them? I've seen some of the pictures, and they're available in her book, Let Them Know That I Am Here. And so you can actually get the Kindle Addiction. Is there any uh, art copies around this? Yeah, if you can order, yeah. We're going to get your book. yeah, they can they can get the hard copy book at the Traveling Soul Market 
com. Uh, the traveling soul com and they can get the ebook um there and on Amazon. Yes. And uh, so, uh there's a lot of pictures in there and the the stories are in there, you know, and uh uh I highly advise you getting her book so you can uh read about her experience. Plus I love books. You know what I mean? So uh I'm co- I collect everybody's books and um there's another thing I wanted to ask that um uh, what do you think orbs or spheres are? Right. You had asked that right before that, and I'm glad you got back to that. I, I'm a big um, proponent of of being present in the moment and in the experience. Uh, and my experience with the camera um, is that is it is the asking of the question. It is in the connecting to whomever it is that you're asking to connect and then you you will get a specific response. So, for instance, I have this one picture where we have we have some yard art out in the back, and we've so we've got two uh, frogs that are sitting in small, you know, rocking chairs. And so one day I'm taking pictures, talking to Kyle, and I said, Kyle, like, where are you? And I mean this in like space, you know, so spatially, where are you? If one of these frogs represents your mom, and one represents me, where are you? Photo. There's one sphere of it's solid, you know, and it's bright, um, and it tells me that he's answered my question. He's like, I'm I'm in the same space as you are, but I'm I'm a different I'm energy now. Okay, I'm in a different form than you guys are because the two statues are dense, right, and they're on the physical, mm-hmm. but then you've got this you know light energy, you know, uh, that's there. Um, another time. I went to a cemetery, and I talked to all of the people that were there, and I said, hey, for those of you who would like to interact with me, I would love to have you interact. And for everybody else, please ignore us as we play. And uh, I invited all of these spirits to join us. And when I took the picture, um, there were thousands of orbs. But the thing that really got me on that particular picture was they were all different color orbs. So... In that particular situation, my, they're responding to let me know that I'm talking to many different spirits. Um, I had a very special connection with one of my cats who passed. Um, she was 19. She might even have been a little older than that. Um, and when it was time to let her go, um, I did, you know, ceremony and this is funny too because like these are things like the type of ceremony these are things I never would have done you know before Kyle died but there were things that I learned after he died that helps me get into the space um, where I can be open okay and I can live in the love and and allow things so you know uh, bringing you know sage and and clearing this space um, and sending the smoke up you know uh to to the spirits so that they meet my cat, her name was Mayan, so that they would meet her and that so she would know as she left how loved she was. And we live on three acres and we feed the animals and um and I'm a huge animal fan. So when when it was time to let my you know, when it when it was time to let Mayan go, I prayed to all of the animals that live in the same space that we do and the ones that eat the corn and the and the other food that we live, leave out for them, 
all of our cats, the deer, you know, if they would all meet her. And then I went and I took pictures. And in these pictures, there were myths. And, and like, there's pictures of the kittens that we had that are statues and where I had said, please surround mine with love as she leaves. And so the mist surrounds the cat, so I know that that was spirit responding to me. Uh, another one, in the mist, you can see the whole neck of a deer coming out, and you can see the ears and the eyes and the nose, and it was the deer that I had asked to come and to meet her. And in, in a third picture, you can see a raccoon and a duck uh, and a squirrel, um, and then there's a there's an orb where you can see people inside the orb where all of these come to answer the prayer uh, to meet this cat that was loved so much. So if we look, <clears throat> if we look at the response that the that the universe gives us, uh, it's it's absolutely amazing what you will receive. It really is. You know, I didn't really uh, believe in uh, orbs. I always thought, you know, this is a camera defect. Um, Once in a while I would see something, let's say they would show a paranormal show, and I would see something traveling, and it's like a light, and I would think, wait a minute, that kind of traveled strange. And then uh, about a year ago we moved offices uh, right next the next building, next one over from where uh, I've been working and next month it'll be nine years uh, I'll be working over there. So, uh, you know, this, they renovated it for us and everything. It's really a beautiful spot now, and uh, it's really nice in my office. But I always felt weird in the our, where our visitors sit, you know, in the lobby. And I always felt weird in the hallway that's by the bathroom. I just, I just felt that way. And then one day, me and a client, now I'm a counselor, so it wasn't, Really, you know, it was kind of embarrassing, but I have we had plus they gave me an awesome new monitor, color monitor, which is really great because I've had those little square little monitors you usually see in, you know, federal buildings, which is horrible. But anyway, so now I've got a flat screen, beautiful monitor, and uh, we both kind of felt a little headache for a second, and the light had automatically shut off in the waiting room. We both looked at the screen, uh, the, the big flat screen, and there were orbs flying around. And we we looked at that. We were watching. We're, we're having, you know, a counseling uh, session. But we stopped and we looked at it. First she felt uh, the top of her roof felt, the roof of her mouth felt, which is weird. She was weird. My, uh, you know how sometimes you get a headache up there? It really feels weird. I went, yeah, I said, I feel like weird on the top of my head. And both of us looked at the screen at the same time. We saw these orbs. As we were watching them, they were going in different directions. So we were seeing, I said to her, do you see what I'm seeing? She says, yes, I'm seeing what you're seeing. And uh, we have like an orb situation going on in the waiting room. <laughs> so they're real. And I was, I was <laughs> stunned. And we were talking about, what do you think it is? I said, well, I have a feeling it's kind of a playful spirit because there's a lot of them, hundreds of them, hundreds going all different directions, not like dust because we're watching real careful. Um, right. And then the next Saturday, so that was like a Wednesday night. So the next Saturday during the day around 11, 
for some reason, there was like me, another counselor was standing in my door, three clients stopped in to say hi to me, so we're all like chit-chatting really quick. And the light went out in the lobby again, and we all just looked. And it looked like actually a disco ball situation out there. That's how <laughs> many. Because there were so many of us in the building, you know, near that office right then, because I still had everybody in group were just leaving. So that had to be another 20 people. So it was like 25 of us all over the place. And uh, there was hundreds of them. And they were asked, my, my coworker said, what's that foam in the lobby? I went, that's not foam. And she said, is it Spears? I said, I, I don't know. What is it? And everybody was staring at it like, how do you, uh, you know, and I, <laughs> it was weird because it's kind of awkward, you know, because I'm, you know, I have worked for, you know, the feds almost 10 years now. And, you know, it's just strange to, like, how do you explain that to your clients? Well, we don't right. really talk about it that much. If they see them, then we just go, well, uh, I don't know what to say, really. <laughs> so I did some investigating, <laughs> and the building there is relatively new. I don't know what it was on before, though. It was built in 81, and where we are was a children's clinic. And I know mm. lots of sick children and mentally ill children came through there. Because it was DD First. I don't know if you have them out there, but they're a big organization. And that's that's uh, they moved out. It was like historical when they moved out, but I didn't know we'd end up in their office eventually. So now I know orbs are real, but in mm-hmm. their you know I've taken live action pictures of them. I can I'll post it again uh, on my Facebook page so you can see what I'm seeing. It's kind of shocking, really. But I can't really I have anybody up there. It's all confidential, though, so I can't really bring people up there. Right. Oh well. Strange. <laughs> All of a sudden, I turned into an orb person. It's weird. Yeah. It's funny how many people poo poo orbs, you know? Like everybody, you know, they're. Like I can remember too, um, the, I had probably had taken at least 50,000 pictures. Um, spirit photography pictures, and then all of a sudden I get a diamond-shaped orb, right? And I'm like, whoa. And then, uh, and it seems like every time like I go to a powwow or some type of ceremonial dance that has Indians involved, if I'm out in the woods in my backyard, which um, which are part of um, like the Etowa uh, area, um, the mound Indians, the mound people lived out here, I would get a lot of diamonds. And when um, when when it starts happening with one, it starts happening with a lot of people because it gets into the consciousness of the whole, right? So now we're starting to see, um, you know, the diamond-shaped orbs coming out, and you're getting people that are now starting to poo-poo those diamond orbs and saying that it's the camera. And I'm thinking to myself, how can it be the camera? I've used this camera now, I don't know, five years. Um, I've never gotten you know, a diamond-shaped orb before. I know that dust hasn't changed. I know that water hasn't changed. So, you know, how can how can you poo-poo this? We, uh, to me, you got to look at it. You got to look at it a different a different way. And then Connie and I took a trip um, to Costa Rica, and we went to La Paz Waterfall, and um, it was absolutely amazing. Standing there in the middle of, you know, Costa Rica. Um, and just watching 
you know, just being a part of it. Um, and and when we look at the pictures later, I have pictures of the waterfall with tons of, of you know, spheres of energy. But I also have the same picture with the same camera uh, with diamonds all running through them. And so I just had a laugh because that was Spirit's way, you know, of saying, you know, it's it's not dust. It's it's not. It's not water. what you it's, think it is, and it's more. And, and to me, when okay, because I saw a couple of the pictures, and it me to me it, it kind of meant some kind of crystalline thing. But this has taught me a lot. You know, it's embarrassing that I related that story, but uh, because you have to keep an open mind about things, you know. And you think that I would keep that was just my one pet peeve. Because I got sick of these dang orbs. I know people, you know, it was so boring or something to me, you know. And I even had, I've got a gorgeous book on orbs. I forgot the author. And I won it in a raffle. I gave it away right away. And man, did I want that orb book back. I said, what have I, what have I done? <laughs> so we've got to keep an open mind about this. No matter what you mm-hmm. think about the spirit orbs or anything else, we're all here. We have, Each of us have a different cherished point of view because... We were all here to present something from our own experience, which is different mm-hmm. from the next person, but that's what makes this whole thing rich. It's not going to be just yeah. like you or the next person right. or anything else. You know, and you, actually you're not going to respond the same either. To uh, I think that you took a very healthy avenue uh, with your grief and uh, you've got energy to keep going and doing all this. It's a beautiful thing. You know, because I had a horrible thing happen, and I, I'm telling you, I was grief-struck, stunned, you know, and thrown down for years, you know, till mm-hmm. I could stand up and think of her without crying, you know. It was my little niece. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you're, this is profound for me to hear you talk about it, really. Well, it's profound for us as well. And here's here's the thing. Connie and I decided from the very beginning that we would not allow ourselves to live in the grief. And and you have to make that decision because it's very easy to lay down um, and and live in your in your loss. Um, but if you can shift the way that you think about um, the death, you can change everything. Um, and that's what Kyle did for me with these pictures because he's allowed me to live uh, in the joy of still having him with me. And that doesn't mean that I don't get sad because I do get sad still. And I'd much rather have him here in the physical. But that wasn't up to me, right? And And plus it's uh, not over. This is evidence that it's not over. You know, uh, we have eternal life and life goes on. I even believe it for the animals. I know other people would say animals don't have souls, but I've meant, Many animals may all even seem to have souls. Even uh, one, okay, so I went to this uh, aquarium thing, right? And I didn't have any opinion on if a manta ray has a soul. I didn't know. But when I met (laughs) one, I felt his little soul, you know, a little puppy-like soul. It slid up the wall and it let me pet it. I just put my hand in the water and it actually floated and slid up the wall and it felt like velvet. And I went, you have a little puppy so It felt like a puppy, the happiness. You know, so I love everything that. has a soul. I agree. We're they, all they energy. Do. We're all yep. energy, you're right. 
Yep, and we and we're all connected, and and what happens when we consciously connect uh, is awesome. Connie has the thing for for uh, for beavers, so, and we like to go to the zoo, and we like to go to the aquarium, and I've got this really cool picture where she is standing in front of um, th- their little uh, the otters um, in front of their little section, and and she's like uh, a child where she is so full of joy to be standing in front of them and watching them. And uh, this last time we went, um, which was probably about a year ago, um, the otters are all leaving the area. But this one, like, I watched this happen. It, like, senses her and stops and turns around and comes back and, and starts, you know, like, chattering. Aww, like, and I... Yeah, and I took a picture, and it was really cool because I got an orb, you know, that was on the glass, and you could see Connie, you could see the reflection of her in the glass, you can see the orb, and then you could see the otter. But here's the coolest thing that happened. Connie turned around, and she said to me when the experience was over, she just says, I was talking to the otter. And I looked at her, and I was like, I know, I watched you. (laughs) I was like, it was so apparent. Is that not the coolest thing? It's cool because that's happened to me so many times. I, I, it's happened to me so many times that, uh, you know, animals will talk to me. They'll talk to me in my sleep. They'll talk to me. Uh, they'll literally talk to me. They'll come and tell me something. And I, I basically understand what they're saying. Not at first. Like, uh, are you talking to me? That's the way I feel when I first talk. <laughs> and right. what happened was, yeah, so, what, uh, okay, so there was a little bird now, I love these birds, so I feed the birds like you guys do. So I'm feeding the animals. You know the squirrels. I saw two huge skunks. I've never seen, I didn't know skunks could grow this big, but they were fighting out there. And then uh, those raccoons, we've got everything here, even though I'm in Southern California. It's a wild country safari in my backyard. But anyway, the um, I I heard the birds like really loud, and I went, why are the birds so loud? I wonder what's going on. So I looked out the uh, sliding glass door, and there was a, a, a little bird out in front, and then he had three little birds in the back of him, and he was telling me they were out of seeds. Lady, can you please come and get? I went. I looked at him. And he went three. He had three backups with him. I know this is a bird. This is bird lady crazy stories. I know people, so just be calm. Don't get irate. Anyway, so the I said, dang. I said, okay, I'll do it. And I did it. I didn't know they knew it was me putting the birds out, bird seed out. I didn't know that. Cause you know, you, know, you don't know if you know who's doing it. And they do, and then they, then it happened when the front door was closed. They came to the back door and told me. So I went, okay, I'm trying. Every two days I have to go out there now because I'm on I'm on their minds, you know. But I've had them come in spirit too and tell me things, you know, and uh, tell me uh, they don't want to die alone. So I've had to go with them and be with them, you know. It's just very odd, strange things, and. Uh, you know, one time I walked into my mother's house and all her birds started talking to me immediately. She had a bunch of zebra finches, which I love. And I uh, said, I looked and went, Mom, are you feeding these birds? They told me they're hungry. And I looked and she said, they, she looked stunned and guilty. She said, they ratted me out. And she had, they had nothing in their little dishes, nothing. And there was a whole can of seed right next to them. I said, Mom. You know, they're starving, and they did seeds with an eyesight. I said, this is really, you know, cruel, man. Like, feed them, <laughs> poor things. But as soon as I walked in, they told me, 
I responded immediately, and she was horrified. My mother's always been horrified by me. But anyway, she was horrified. <laughs> cause they ratted me out. I go, yeah, Mom. <laughs> they they feel. They can they can tell you a message. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I believe that, you know, there's a spirit in everything. That's what I feel about it. I don't care how yep. small the little being is. There's something, there's some life there. For all we know, the rocks have life. I don't know. I don't know. So every, okay, so everything, everything, everything that exists, go ahead. Yeah, everything that I have read, you know, is is telling us that it's everything is energy. So so that you could. And, and I think that it's worthwhile to sit outside and maybe connect to the rocks because I think that they might have something to share with you. David, have you ever sat in front of a tree and just wondered what it's seen? You know, some of the trees in my backyard are probably hundreds of years old. Of course I have. You know, uh, back east, I remember this one particular tree. I fell in love with this tree, and I called him Hercules. Mm. I really would go all the way as far as I could. I, I, I can't believe, you know, they let me out like this because I was one of those kids who was up in everything. I didn't care how far high it was or how low it was, where it was, how far away. I would go and just try to get back by dark. That was my whole mission, just do it and then get back. (laughs) But I remember this tree, Hercules, I would sit up there and I would just wonder about his life and what was going on. I don't know why I thought he was a boy because I don't know if there's boys in gross trees, but I thought he was a boy. But anyway, we have, you know, we have a picture uh, from our our chat. And I want to welcome everybody in chat. You guys are awesome. Um... It's from CSOL. It's just just the code, so I don't have have their name right now. I took a picture in a place where the Virgin Mary should be appearing in Alabama. And when I pointed the camera to the sky and shot a picture there, there were many orbs, but there was a clear one of a different color. And she she or he, I don't know who it is right now, so tell me your name. Anyway, perceived some evil faces in there, and they were wondering, what do you make of that? Oh, you know, I um, I always set my intent uh, when I connect that I connect from love, um, and and I think that what I'm supposed to experience um, in this lifetime uh, is the connecting and showing people how to connect to your loved ones on the afterlife. So so I personally. Um, have not had, knock on wood, a lot of uh, interaction um, with uh, darker darker energy. Um, mm-hmm. I um, I do um, know that it is there, and I uh, and in my suggestion, you know, when you know, because and especially like when we're here, when we're here, we we can operate out of fear, or we can operate. In love, and if we're operating out of love, then there is no place for the for, for the for the fear, and we we tend not then to attract those those energies. But if those energies do show up, then I then I would send love to them uh, to you know to have the compassion to allow them to have their experience because mm-hmm. their energy their energy too, and so they might be frustrated with where they're at. They might not know how to get out of where, you know, where they are. You know what I'm saying? They don't know how to shift. They don't know how to shift their, their perceptions uh, to get them out of that darker energy and into a higher frequency. So, 
I, I can, I, I don't have a ton of experience, but the experience that I do have is to basically just send love, you know, to that particular spirit. And I don't tend to, to uh, continue conversations with them. Yes, um, that's, that's it. Just, uh, that makes sense. Um, uh, oh, uh, somebody made a comment, uh, in, uh, Anne made a comment in, uh, chat. She says it makes sense to her. This is a place where this woman who crushes Satan with her heel, why wouldn't demons show up? They're looking to crush the souls of the people looking for Mary. I think there's a lot of that. There's a lot of, there is a, we have to acknowledge that, you know, that if there's a higher power, there is a lower power. And that, um, don't interact with it and pray, pray that they, you know, just move on and, you know, don't, don't deal with it, you know. And we're, we're actually at the halfway point, uh, and let's, uh, I'm going to give the call in number 619-924-9744. If you want to call in and ask uh, our guest any questions directly, you're, you're welcome to. Um, and just stay on topic, if you don't mind. We're talking about her experiences. So I agree with that. Don't you? Yeah. There's sometimes when there's uh, something beautiful going on, there would be something, you know, the opposite of that. So, um, okay, so one of your... Uh, your chapters here was um, about where the haints go marching by. Now, what are you speaking about there? Um, I met a very interesting lady by the name of Brent Atwater, um, and she does paintings that heal. So she connects with you, uh, and then she connects with uh, the energies of the universe, and through her art and creativity, she paints healing energy onto the canvas um, and then you hang this painting in your home and it continues to send this healing energy throughout your home um, to help you. Um, I met her. Connie has arthritis. She was hurting and and we decided that we were going to look um, for a healer. So we got online and we started looking in Sedona because the first place that we thought of when we thought of healers with Sedona. And so uh, Brent Atwater's name came up. And so I called her and then come to find out that she doesn't live in Sedona. <laughs> she lives in, in North Carolina, but she knew that people looked for healers in Sedona, so that's where she listed herself. So I got the biggest kick out of that. She lives, so she lives in North Carolina. We're in Georgia. And this is something awesome. funny about it. Well, it gets even more awesome because what I find so awesome about this universe is how it connects with you when you have an intent. So it just turns out that she's going to be in Atlanta like the next week <laughs> at a healing fair. So amazing. I know. Well, that's that synchronicity. You know, that's a, a divine intervention and synchronicity that we're all finding uh, to be active among all of us. We're actually people that don't know each other or yet we're finding each other. It doesn't matter how far mm-hmm. away you are. We're going to end up together. You know, I'm seriously thinking in three years to retire, when I retire, go move to North Carolina. Really? I'm looking really? at houses already. Yeah, because I can do my show anywhere. I could work anywhere, but I've really thought about, uh, you know, where I could afford, have affordable living and things like that, and things are very reasonable there. 
you know, and I love the people, of course, and I have a million friends over there, so I've thought about it seriously. Yeah, it's a, it's a very nice area, definitely. Um, so she's going to be there the very next weekend. So we go to the ceiling fair, and um, Connie is her first customer, and they immediately connect. Um, Brent feels um, that, you know, that her heart has been broken, um, and um, they have this amazing connection, um, and which was, um, it was just incredible to watch as, you know, I mean, I can I can see, you know, Brent's hands were shaking and um, and the things that she said were just insane. But what what was also awesome to watch was, you know, this was Connie's first experience with energy, and she was like, God, the heat that were coming from her hands was incredible. And then she talks about how it lasted for, I don't, I'm going to say, like 45 minutes after they had the session. And so it was really a, a great um connection and experience I think for both of them um, as the day wore on um, I I would periodically walk back over to see what was going on with Brent and there was a there was an aggravated customer that um, Brent was was Brent's the type of person that she sees somebody that's in need and so she she wants to help them and so the, the sessions were supposed to be 15 minutes long and she was running late on everybody and so, you know, the first person might have had to wait 10 minutes, but then the next person's 20. And so by the time you got down to the last person, you know, that she sold the ticket to, it might have been like an hour wait. And so this person got aggravated, agitated, and she wanted her money back. So I, I bought the ticket uh, from her. And then when it came time to, to sit down, you know, Brent was was obviously getting a little bit stressed. So I said, take a breather. You know, you don't have to do anything with me. Just relax and then go to your next client. So she gets a glass of water and we sit down and we just we're just chatting and in the chatting I I said to her have you heard because this was fairly early on in our journey and I said have you heard of orbs and um and she said she said yeah she had heard of them but she wasn't able to get any in any of her pictures or anything and I I told her you know that I had started getting these pictures and um and I, I started to explain that you know some of the circumstances that I was getting them. And so you've got this, and she's a tiny little thing. Maybe she weighs all of like 90 pounds, and she just jumps up from her seat, and she just says just as loud as she can, she, do you mean to tell me that you talk to hate? <laughs> we were we were at the Unity Church, and we were in like the cafeteria area, and it was a very large area. And you know how cafeterias, you know, things echo? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what happened. You know, all throughout, like you talk that hey, 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 and then you see like all these people start looking in our direction. <laughs> but oh man, but you know, I'm not. I wasn't born here, and I didn't know what hate was. <laughs> so I had to ask. Yeah. Her, she told me. <laughs> she told me that was a southern word for ghost. That's it. That's what I thought they were. A hate is a ghost. Yep. Yeah, so that was a fun way of learning of learning uh, about Hanks. But but that particular chapter in that book uh, is is a great um, it, it's a great story in terms of synchronicity too. In in yeah. from the moment that we went looking for the healer, uh, Brent hooked me up with a couple of people that that helped me early on in in the journey. So that's a pivotal chapter there. 
in terms of the in terms of the, the synchronicity. It's, it really is uh, just an, uh, an incredible journey all the way through. It is. How did Connie take this whole thing? Um, how was her uh, uh, dealing with her grief and everything else? How I'm glad you guys had each other, but how did she take this? Because everybody handles it a little different. Everybody does handle it uh, differently. Uh, and I thank Connie, you know, for making that decision to not live in the grief because then I would have left, then I would have lost her as well as losing uh, Kyle. So, I mean, that I've got to, mm-hmm. you know, give her that and, and I give her so much thanks, thanks for that. Uh, having said that, it is very difficult because he was an only child. And so not only did we lose him, but we, we lost the life that we thought we were going to have. So, you know, there aren't any grandchildren, and she would have made such a, a great grandmother, and she loved him so, and she loves children. So that that's a huge loss. And you recognize that uh, all throughout the year. You recognize it during the holidays. Um, oh, yeah. You, know, you recognize it, yeah. So... Um, so even though we're 12 years into this journey and we have done very well, it still is a difficult path to travel. And and I'll, I, I had recently somebody say to me, you know, it's been over 10 years. And 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 my response was, you know, he's still dead though. Yeah, you know, people like, people don't, I don't even know how a person can say that because this, all things started with my niece. She was, it's a, a different story, but, uh, you know, she was abducted and tortured and murdered. And um, it was really a, a very, very, very horrible. And her spirit came to me and told me exactly what happened. So I was the only one that had this information for years while they were looking for her. They thought she was alive, but I already knew what happened to her because she told me, she showed me. And right. uh, so. It's taken so long that so it started in ninety six so it's only been the last couple of years that I've been able to put up a Facebook page in honor of her uh just do things so I miss her to her I love her, but you know from since okay so ninety six to two thousand six and it's been a long time, but just even a last year i I flipped over in bed and looked at her picture and I went, are you really gone? You know what I mean? It's it's something that happens to a person. So another person yep. that doesn't have that experience has no right to tell you there's a time limit. It could be never. Like people that love each other their whole lives and one passes, they tend to pass fast, like within a month. My grandparents did that. You yep. know, they they could not live without each other. And that's because there's some life essence that is so... Uh, my niece was like my like a daughter to me. And uh, and when she was gone, you know, it, it left a big hole. And a lot of people say, oh, oh, we have closure now. And I look at them like, what are you talking about? I don't know how you have closure. When it's me, it's like I'm going to see her again. There's no closing. Right. That's yeah. what I don't know. That's why I feel. I don't know how you feel about it, but don't be closing it before I'm ready. That's <laughs> what I feel. <laughs> right. But I did stay. Uh, I am out of the stupefying grief one, and I guess I'm glad I was alone with that because that was bad. It took so long. Yeah. Yeah, and there's different kinds of there's different kinds of grief. 
and and there's different issues that come with different types of debt. Um, you know, a, a, an abduction and a murder is, is very difficult to deal with. The worst. With. Yeah, it's the worst. It's the worst because, you know, I found out details in the paper about it that I didn't know. And, uh, but she told me already how bad it was. You know, then they, you know, chopped her head off, chopped her arms and legs and put her things and dumped her in the ocean. You know what I mean? So the whole thing was a mess. But in what she showed me, she knew she was going to be dead and she's only 14. You know, she told me, she showed me her fear that she... And it's strange because when my dad passed three years later, he told me how he went too. And they want me to explicitly know for some reason. I'm not sure for that one. They don't lie on the other side. I think that's it. So if you're going to find out something, you're going to find out the truth. Maybe that's why it's so bold or something. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that I, you know, I haven't thought a lot about that. Um, do you think that... Um, hmm, were the messages from both of them that they that they that they were still fine no matter what happened they were this is what my well what happened is my niece told me two years before she went that she was going to be with Jesus she said I'm going to go be with Jesus I had a dream you know and I said you had a dream it was in she said well I went to be with Jesus I said would you see there she said that's not you there so to me you know then, then she went on to say a bunch of other things but uh to me, it was saying, I will see you again. So I had that to say at her funeral when we found out, yep. you know. So yep. we found out the whole deed that was like eight years ago. But I still get uh, emails. They're trying to get off it. They both got death row because they killed a bunch of other little girls. And they both got death row. There was a man and a woman. But, you know, I still get emails telling me what they're doing. They're appealing it. They're trying to get time served and all that, you know. They're running the system. Thanks. So that's it. Yeah, so you so you have you have a lot of other issues that come along with with just with, you know, it's not just the grief of the loss, but it's the type no. of loss. You know, as yeah, well. It's, it's the, the type very, of loss. Yeah. It's hard because the the police just called me just a couple of days ago and said, Does she have any siblings? I went, Yes, she has a brother and they said they need more DNA, you know, for something else. I don't know. Because they find bodies, you know, they want to try the DNA thing. So, anyway, right. yeah, it's a long round thing. You know, my heart goes out to anybody, and there is a lot of grief support groups, and I advise everybody to go. I went to therapy and counseling. I did everything I was supposed to do, you know. But the therapist even told me, you're saying something that I've never experienced. I don't even know how you're going to get over it. But time helps. Time does help. It takes a long time. But it's right. You have... You know, it's it's how you define things is how you experience them. So, so I, I think when when you get into those types of situations, it becomes more important to define how you want to experience it because it's very easy mm-hmm. then to live in the anger that somebody could do that. You know, mm-hmm. in in their fear, and then you know, in rage or or to make sure that those people, you know, what you think you're getting is justice and things like that. So so I think, because I talk a lot, you know, when I, when I work with groups and with people about 
how you define your experience with death is how you're going to experience it. So if you if you believe uh, that our loved ones on the other side are are fine or and they're good yeah. and that you can connect then that's the experience that you have. But if you define it as something else, then that's how you're going to experience it. So it's interesting. Um, it's hard. It's you know, and, and, and I've said that. Hard, but go ahead. Go ahead, Miss. But I, I, I've said to people before, you know, I, I was working with one lady who absolutely refused to, to move or budge from her grief, and she had other children, and the other children were wanting to, to you know, to live their lives fully, which would include getting married, uh, and the mother was fighting this and didn't want to be a part of it. Um, and I was trying to help her so that she could she could be a be a part, but she was she was living in in that grief. So what I said to her was, um, "Do you believe that your son on the other side is is good? Is that?" And she's like, "Yes, yes, he's fine." And and the point of this is that it's easy. To die, right? Because we're eternal, and and we and eternity is a really, really long time. So we can, and you know, the lives yeah. that we have here—that's just the blink of the, of the eye. So we know that those loved ones that have left are—they're better than fine, and they love us and they're supporting us. The hard part is is to live here. We're the heroes, right? We're the ones that are yeah. taking this tough journey. And, and we're learning whatever it is that our souls wanted to learn in this in this particular journey. So if we can remember that as we deal with some of these some of these issues and some of these that are just so brutal to deal with, I think that we can help ourselves by kind of taking a step back and breathing and defining how it is that we want to experience whatever it is that has has come into our lives. Right, and uh, it, it it is a journey. Sometimes it's a drastic one, you know, mm-hmm. and it's stuff that you don't ask for, but somehow it's a it's a plate that's delivered. You know what I mean? And uh, yes, you have to do with what you will, and it makes you or breaks you. And these are just some of the facts of life. That sometimes it's harsh, and sometimes it's fabulous. I find it like a big mix of ecstasy and agony most of the time. <laughs> it's great, and then, you know, it's great, and then, oh, my God, you know, not this crap again. You know what I mean? Get 500 bucks ahead, and then something happens, you have to spend the money on it. You know, it's always like that struggle here on this planet that I'm sure, no, we don't have it on the other side because it's totally different over there. I don't know if we're choosing all this or what. It, you know, if I find out I've been choosing all this, I'm really going to be upset. <laughs> but, but think about it, because like, you, you've you've touched on it now, and, and you've mm-hmm. you've said things that are out of our control. And I said that too at the beginning, because like I would have yeah. moved mountains to make sure that he didn't leave, and they made sure that yeah. that he, this was going to happen, right? And I can tell you this too: from the moment that I walked around the corner into the kitchen where the coroner and the sheriff and Connie were, not only did I know that Kyle was dead, but I knew that moment because I had carried that moment with me my whole life. And I didn't know it until that moment, though. So that was one of the things, and I talk about that very early. Mm -hmm. I talk about it very early in the book because 
because if I had carried that particular moment with me my whole life, then to me that meant that 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 moment has always existed. So it existed before we came down here, which means that we all decided together that this was going to happen. And because I knew that moment, I then was able to say, I need to look at what's happening differently than how I would normally have handled it. This, And this is tough to say, but this this is something that we chose to happen, so this is a gift that he has given us so that we can experience this and we can grow as souls in this. And again, I would give it all back, but that's why I wasn't given the opportunity to prevent it from happening. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a mother. Yeah, it's a mother's worst dread, and it does happen, and it happens all the time. And um, you know, I was uh, thinking once, you know, you know, how bad is it to lose a kid? Like, that's the worst way possible. I was really thinking this. I was like in the car. I don't know if that happens to you guys, but when I drive, sometimes that's what I'm doing my thinking. You know. I'm doing that free-floating. Yep. Whatever I'm feeling inside comes to the surface. So I was asking myself, which is, this was the worst way to lose a kid. You know, how could how could anybody, you know, withstand it? Plus, plus she showed me what it looked like. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, you know, I just imagined it. She came to me and said, right. this is a big to me, and so I saw it. But anyway, uh, so I went to the pharmacy. I swear to God this happened. I swear to God. I went to the pharmacy, and there's actually a girl back there that I knew. And uh, she was, uh, she looked a little sad. And um, so I walked up. It was my turn in line, and I said, are you all right? And uh, she's very beautiful. She's tall, and she has really long hair. And I can just see her right now in my mind's eye like it was yesterday, and she just looked sad, and I said, hi, you know, how are you? And she said, I'm having kind of a bad day. I said, could you use a hug? And she said, yeah. And she said, come down to the end of the counter. So this is happening in front of the, you know, the pharmacy counter. So we right. moved down, you know, to the left a little so we could hug. And she said, this is the anniversary of my son's death. He was uh, he was overseas in Iraq, and they uh, captured him, and they tortured him. And uh, to death, and they threw his body in the Euphrates, and um, this is the day that it happened. And you know what I mean? She said, "I'm having a hard time." And I then I went, "Oh my God!" Just the question that I was asking: the universe. Can you imagine that young man fighting for his country and being tortured, tortured by his captors, and his body was just destroyed by them and just thrown in the river? You know, so I got my answer there. I say bad things can happen all the time, and that's when we have to be, uh, you know, really strong. I, I don't know who's listening to this or who it touches, but there's so many uh, horrible things going on in the world right now that people are intentionally trying to horrify us, you know, and it is horrible. It's like a horror movie. And on the other side, what do you suggest that we do about that? Use our strength and uh, tell us what, what your opinion on all that is. What, we, what can we do personally to elevate this kind of thing? I just don't want to bring up the names of what's happening, but it's, but it's uh, Middle East. Yeah. You know, it goes back to we we operate either from fear or from love. And if we can operate... 
from love with you know and, and when I think of love I think of light right and I when I think of fear I think of darkness so if you turn on the light then there is no more darkness so I think that that if we live with the compassion to allow others to have their experience um you know and, and we live at, let me tell you another story where where I talk about how Living in the love affects not only you but other people. So yeah. I'm in the car and I'm driving. Uh, um, I'm driving from Atlanta to North Carolina to pick Connie up. And um, a friend of mine has given me um, a, uh, a a psychic is doing like a meditation, and uh, so I'm listening to this and he's talking about how we're just the spark of the Creator and and just to imagine the spark that's just come off of the creator and then just come to the center of us and then imagine, you know, cultivating this light, this spark inside you and see it getting bigger, you know, and bigger. And so I'm seeing it in my chest, you know, and I'm and I'm seeing it get bigger and wider and fuller. And so before I know it, I've got the whole front, you know, the whole car is just loaded, you know. I'm the ne- Next I've got this this sphere of light surrounding the whole car and as I'm driving down the highway I, I out of the corner of my eye I see this dead deer who's 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 only made it it's a divided highway and who made it halfway across the the street and when he gets there's all these cement things that had just stopped him in the way. And so I, as a big animal lover that I am, send conscious thought to the spirit of this deer sending it love. And the moment that I do that uh, like I feel the eyes go, my eyes go in the back of my head, um, and everything like shifts. You know, I can feel like this energy just going like over the top of my head, and I'm thinking, oh my god, I'm having a stroke or something. I need to get this car over to the side of the road. But it, it happened in in like a in like an instant, and. Um, I, all I can think of is I know the friend of mine that, that's, that's a psychic, and I pick up the phone and I call her, and I'm like, hey, let me tell you what's just happened, and I want to know what you think. But as I'm saying to her what has happened, I understand what has happened. And what happened was that the deer had, had gone across the street and was not expecting yeah. to see that concrete block. And before he realized that he was already dead, and he was very confused, and he and so he was kind of stuck there. Okay, so we were talking uh, earlier about uh, darker energies. So this particular energy is a darker energy because it's confused, and it and it's and and he doesn't really know where he's supposed to go from here. And all of a sudden, I'm coming down the road, and all I've got is this light, and it's huge, right? So there's a sphere of 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 love that I have put around my car, and then I specifically send an invitation to him because I have sent him this love. And so when he sees it, he's confused with where he's at, but he knows he wants to go to this light because it's full of love. And what he did was he got into my light, and he rode it, and, and right, and then right up over my head, and then out, and he went to the next dimension where he needed to go. And I found wow. that to be just, it's a beautiful because remember we were talking about that early on. I didn't understand when I said, you know, animals come to me when they're they're dying for one reason or another because they don't want to die alone. 
I never understood the concept of what you're saying. But what you just said, you know, really explains what I've been experiencing. You know, so, because animals are scared to die too. You know, they have that feeling yeah. of letting go and they're scared that they're going and when they go up to heaven, they're fine, you know, but it's, uh, you know, it's, um, okay, so can we, can I ask you another subject, like, um, okay, so I have never understood what spirit guides are either. I have I understand angels and uh, the Blessed Mother and uh, all the holy things and stuff like that. I've never understood, like, what a spirit guide is uh, until a couple months ago, and I was having a a, a dream now this wasn't just it's one of those those big dreams what I call it. It's not the just regular dream. This is a profound dream. So I'm walking down this corridor and I'm complaining because I have had a lot of physical illness and I just said, Okay, I, you know, I'm sick, I'm tired, I, you know, this is taking too long and then this guide appeared and he looked like could have been a zoo guide. He was in all in khakis, black shoes, black belt and he's a little uh, dark-haired man, and he said, come on, keep coming. You'll be all right. Keep coming. You can do it. Keep coming. And he said, just a little further. And so I kept coming, you know, And but I was tired, you know. So I guess I was actually dreaming about my end, the end of it all. So he just told me to keep coming. And uh, what I was expecting was like a big uh, angel, you know, but he was like a tour guide. So... <laughs> I've seen I've seen it I've seen angels too, but I'm just saying. So anyway, at the end of it, at the hall, I turned around he said he looked at me and he said, Soon but not now. He's talking about my death. He said, Soon but not now. And then he told me to look around the corner. I looked around the corner and there was heaven around the corner. It looked like Yosemite with diamonds all over it, just shining beautiful water, and then behind that was like a heaven heaven. It looked like a typical heaven. It was it was beautiful. And so I said, oh, my God, in my sleep. And it woke me up. I heard my own voice, and I woke up. So that was a couple months ago. So it's almost like the guide. Well, the guides are there to guide us. But I think also let us know, you know, you're okay. You know, you're gonna you're going here, you know. And mine was very calm. He knew just how to deal with me. Because I was whining a lot, so he knew how to deal with a whiner. (laughs) So what is your guide like? Well, you know, each of us, we all have many different guides, and we have guides that stay with us our whole lives, but we have guides that just come in at different points. Um, Connie got very ill um, one, one holiday and ended up in the hospital. Um, and um, while she was there, they did a test on her um, um, that um, she was she was not hydrated enough for her kidney to tolerate the the test. So they they actually destroyed her kidneys, and uh, they said it was permanent and it would not um, it could not be reversed, and she would be on dialysis for the rest of her life. And we were oh, devastated. No. Um, and. Um, in the course of um, of this journey that we we have been on since Kyle has has died, I was introduced to energy healing, so Reiki. Um, so I have practiced Reiki for uh, for probably almost a decade now, um, and yeah, and 
I found it to be fascinating in terms of this this was one of the ways the pendulum and Reiki were the two tools that I used to get myself familiarized with how the energy mm-hmm. works and, and to start feeling it. Okay. But also then uh with the meditation. So so I did a meditation, I did a, a ceremony and I did Reiki to connect to the energies of the universe to heal Connie. Um and the next day when Connie and I were talking, Connie's like, there were a lot of people in this room last night. And I was like, could you, you know, did you did you talk, did you see them, you know, did you talk to them? She's like, no, I didn't talk to any of them. But, I, but all night long, the room was full of spirits that just, you know, that just came through, you know. And, and But I'm big like that. When I do, um, when I do and you can you can call them prayers if you'd like to um but when i talk to the energies of the universe i invite anybody who comes in love that wants to help any animal you know any spirit any person that we we know or anybody who's who who's attached to the lands that we live on and i know that, that we the land that we live on uh was some of the civil war was fought here but before that there were there were um, Native Americans who lived here. So mm-hmm. when I invite all of these people, there can be a lot of people. So um, so w- when I was there and Connie told me that, I went into a meditation and, and I asked to see the people who came through to see Connie. And in this meditation, I'm looking and there were tons of people who came through. But there was a particular spirit. He was a heavy set man probably in his forties and he was, you know, wearing the the hospital garb, you know, uh and he had the pole that had, you know, the bag on it and the wires going to his arm and everything. And uh, and I asked him, I, I said to him, you know, may I may I talk with you? And he's like, Yes and I said, you know, uh, you know, just out of curiosity, like, why are you here? And he said, Well I heard the prayers coming from the room. And he had been a patient of the hospital sometime back. He heard the prayers, so he said he that's what he does. And he always when he hears the prayers, he comes to help. And I thought that was so cool. And then he walks away and I said, watch him walk away, the the back of the garbs open, you know. So I, you just have to laugh because spirit has to sense of humor too. So I'm watching his spirit yeah. tiny go walking down go walking down the <laughs> But um but but several things happened um during that healing um with Connie um that that were just amazing so when when I I came home and I did the ceremony uh, and I brought the native american um traditions into it and I built a medicine wheel and I prayed to each of the directions and I prayed to above and below and to within and I called to the native americans that were associated with this with these lands and uh, a uh, an Indian woman um, came to me as a guide, and she's the one who facilitated the entire group uh, of spirits that were there uh, that healed Connie. And and Connie has never had to have dialysis or kidneys or fine, and she made it out of the hospital. I I haven't seen her uh, in years. That that was the only time that I saw her. Until two days ago, when I had two birds fly into the window, um, and one of which was was 
kept trying to fly through the window, so I had to get a ladder and, and climb up there and kind of show her gently that she needed to fly in the opposite direction. She flew off. The other one was laying there, and normally when they when they lay there like that, they're dead, but when I walked over, she was moving her tail, and her eyes were rocking back and forth. And I sat out there with that bird for about 45 minutes doing Reiki to see if we could get this bird to kind of, you know, make it back. Um and I wasn't having a lot of success, so I invited that same Indian spirit to help me. And she came and talked to the bird. And, in fact, the bird, by the time we finished, uh, flew away. So wow. um, so that's, that's one Indian spirit that, you know, that I, I've asked her to help me. She, you know where she's, she's come in, that you know, the other fella, I've only seen him that one time. But I also, I have other guides that I know have been with me um, uh, forever. And Kyle certainly is always with me and available. And there have been people that I have met that have loved ones on the other side yeah, that have since met Kyle who are also now available to me. So um, I think that if you open yourself um, to the possibilities um, of connecting, I think that we all will find that there are more guides around us than anyone had ever imagined. I totally agree with that. I've had so many dreams of many different angels and animal spirits and all kinds of things, you know, that are around me as uh, obviously helped me, you know, through everything. Uh, you know, because it's really odd how just before you learn something, you could be just so dense. You know, just before you, when you don't know something, you think you know it, and then you find out you don't know it. It's such a weird feeling like, oh, my God, was I that stupid? You know what I mean? Just to put it bluntly. <laughs> you know, just even like everyday occurrence, you know. So, uh, you know, I feel like we're half blind running around here, and thank God we have, you know, higher powers and, uh, spirit guides to help us through this whole thing, you know, and uh, it's, it's a, we need it, we must need it, or, you know, because I always want to know, you know, why is it made this way, or what, is it, what the, where are the rules, you know, what's the rules of, you know, these right. uh, spiritual things, and I've even asked my daughter, and my daughter uh, has uh, open-minded, but tends to be agnostic, and we've had many spiritual strangeness going on together and I asked her what are these rules and she says I don't know mom you know what I mean right. because sometimes I'll like let's say there's a problem somewhere uh like during one of my grandsons had a terrible dream when he was little and I was there praying for him and my daughter saw me there and I said well what is that supposed to mean we just don't right. know there's so many different uh lives or or Okay, okay, so let's say we have all these different planets and dimensions. There's so many different, uh, I don't even know how to articulate what I'm thinking of. There's so many different things going on within these different dimensions. You know, who knows what the rules are. If there's any rules, or we made these dumb rules we're living in, and they really don't count for much. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's It's a very odd feeling. But as I get older, I'm running with it. You know what I mean? Because as I get older, when you have a lot to lose when you're coming up. You know, you have to, uh, I don't know, hold together. You you want people to think great of you and all this other stuff. And then when you start getting older, you get like a feeling, if I don't get authentic very soon, this is going right. to be a sorry life. 
You know what I mean? That's when you start right. thinking, you know what? You better be the real deal and fast because you haven't got that much time here. It almost like right. it takes your whole life just to get to be authentic towards the end. Right. It's like that story of my, my past, uh, my dear uh, Aunt Catherine, my Irish aunt. She would say it's like the Velveteen Rabbit, I mean. And she sent me that book. I still have this little book, The Velveteen Rabbit. She says, when you get wore out and you've been loved on all that time and that's what you turn into, you're a wreck. <laughs> you don't end up pretty. You're a wreck at the end. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, so so it's true though, you know. I think that people are trying that hard, and all, all. But the people that I've also noticed that are in the spiritual realm and actually taking the time to love, they actually have an inner beauty that really shows. You know, it doesn't matter what you look like. This beauty of love shows on the outside. You know, so. Everybody's glowing, and the more you accept yourself and accept everybody else, you know, the the freer you'll be to think, you know. Because I think some some of this rejection of difference is actually rejecting knowledge at the same time. Okay, so yeah. somebody's different. Oh, okay, you reject that. Okay, so now you just rejected a whole different gorgeous part of life. Like, you know, so we got to, you know, just try to keep our minds open. I mean, don't be like silly putty, your brains fall out of your head, you know, because I believe in having two feet on the ground and then my head in the clouds. I really believe mm-hmm. you've got to actually, you know, pay the rent and do stuff like right. that. I do. So I'm not running off yeah. to the mountain anytime soon. I'm going to work, and that's, you know, until it, that's taught. But, okay, what I wanted to do short, uh you have about 22 minutes left. This these two hours of spinning by. So I want you to talk to us about your cultivating connections to the afterlife workshops and the travel tours. Can you tell us something about uh, your work there? Yes, yes. Um, The Cultivating um, Connection Workshop um, is really like an intimate setting uh, where we talk a little bit about uh, about how we define uh, death and and thus how we're experiencing it. Um, And then we we go into uh, how to shift that perception um, to have the, to have the, experience that you want to have um, with death. Um, from there, um, we talk about different ways to, to connect um, to spirit because when we start to pay attention, and, and we've really been talking about this for the past two hours, when we start mm-hmm. to pay attention, really phenomenal things start to happen. And I can remember, um, I, in my whole life, I don't think I ever drank the strawberry shake, ever. Uh, but Kyle loves strawberry shakes, and I can tell you there was probably about, it had to be at least three weeks, if not longer, that all I wanted to do, all I craved was a strawberry shake. Um, and I didn't know what that was at the time, um, but there's a name for that. Um, uh, and I think it's Claire mm-hmm. Houston's or, or something like that, where you're where you're tasting you know, something from that spirit. And so that was Kyle's way to let me know that he was there. So we talk about all those different types of ways that spirits can communicate. We talk about how to invite spirit into your life. We talk about how how to look for the validation, um, you know, that um, that spirit is, is responding to your request. And then we talk about you know, one of my favorite ways to connect, which happens to be through the camera, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a very intimate um, 
and personal journey, um, and uh, and it's helped a lot of people um, in terms of their grieving experiences by you know by connecting uh, to their loved ones. Um, one of my most favorite things to do is to is to connect to the other side with the camera. And um, Connie and I have traveled uh, a good bit of the world to the different places, um, and and I love doing that because we we say to Kyle, we want you to come on these trips. Um, and when we get to these different places, we speak to the people of the lands. So it could have been somebody who lived there 10 minutes ago or it could have been somebody who lived there you know, thousands of years ago. But all the people that have experienced those lands, we invite um, in that moment to be together, and then we in, then we introduce Kyle uh, to these people, and then we take then we take the pictures. And I believe that our lives are richer and, and fuller because of this. And I believe that Kyle's is too. And so the traveling so tours um, was established so that we could take groups to different places um, in the world and and to connect to the spirits of those places and to all of our loved ones on the other side. So we're going to pick a couple places um, where we think a lot of people um, would like to go, and then um, we're going to we're going to go with cameras and and take pictures of the connections that we've cultivated with the afterlife. Yes, I think that's uh, that's beautiful, and um, also. You are a uh, publishing company also, and what is that about? Yeah, it, the Traveling Soul Press um, uh, is, a, is a, you know, when I started, I started looking at this, and there were all these companies that wanted to charge a lot of money, and, 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 and I thought, you know, why spend all that money if they're not going to do any of the advertising? And so I learned how to publish uh, the book on my own, and I figured, you know, uh, we need a place for people to tell their stories of connection because it's in, in the connecting that we find the joy, right, and the love and the light. Um, so um, so it, my services through the publishing company are available for anybody who wants to share uh, their their stories of connection to the other side. And hopefully, you know, we'll get a good, you know, you know, group of, of, of folks that, are, that you know, want to share their stories because there's magic out there. We live in an interactive universe that's full of magic if we just pay attention. So through the publishing company, I would like for, for our story to get out, but I want for more than that. I'd like for everybody's story, everybody's journey of magic in this universe to share, because it's in the sharing that we can all grow. Exactly. And, you know, that sharing and that contact will just help everybody. And I admire you for helping other authors. And I have uh, featured your book in today's uh, The Paranormal Sacred Book Club on Facebook, and uh, there's a link to her book there, too. And, um, you know, it's just uh, you know, so great uh you know, to hear about all the, you know, it gives it gives us a lot of hope to know, uh, you know, because some some people really, you know, I really admired this guy one time. Okay, I was dating this guy. This guy was good looking. He had beautiful teeth. He was really great. 
And he was the <laughs> owner of an engineer. <laughs> he was owner. He was owner of an engineering company, even greater. You know what I mean? And uh, it was all great. We're having a. We were uh, dating and having fun and stuff like that. And uh, one day I was working in a. Back then I was a hairdresser. I still do hair on the side, but I was doing hair in a salon and I was down in Hermosa Beach. And uh, so I was cutting his hair one time, and I asked him that uh, I said, do you, what do you believe spiritually? Do you believe in God? And he gave me such, I was just asking a question, okay? I was just asking a question, meaning I had had a divine intervention, and uh, uh, I wanted to know if other people were having it. So I once in a while I would ask this question. You know, have you had a, a divine intervention or some kind of thing that happened, you know, with you, between you and God? Anyway, he looked at me. He said, there is no God. I was. I looked at him and I went. I remember because I, I walked from behind the chair in front of him and I looked at him. I said, because I, I wanted to look him in the face while he was saying this. I said, okay, explain to me what do you think is after this? He said, nothing. He said uh, that he believes you go to sleep, not sleep, but dead, and that's all there is. There's nothing after this. I said, you mean this whole eternity was made <laughs> was made in all these different experiences in the whole universe? And we didn't have the Hubble, crap, Hubble pictures back then, but I knew the universe was intense and, and it was like it, we finally see pictures of it, you know. And uh, right. I knew it was incredible things going on. I knew God was real. And that he said, no, this is nothing. You know that we never talked again? I didn't even break up with him, but something by the way I looked at him, I think made him right. a little nervous because I was thinking, <laughs> I really thought you were smart, really, because he had all the credentials, but he was one stupid idiot because how can you say there's nothing but you? So I said, okay, so let me get it to this, get it to me straight. There's nothing but you and what you want. All, you know, he was missing a tremendous amount. Do you realize by cutting off the spiritual, you're cutting your own lifeblood. This would be a boring world without it, I'm telling you that. Right? The spiritual is the blood. Is the is the I can't I don't know if how to say blood, but it's the it's the whole function of what we're doing. To me. Yeah, we're 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 spiritual beings having a human experience. Exactly. That's it. That's exactly you know. And this human experience is sometimes people want out. I understand that. But it's tough down here. But this is where yes. it makes us or breaks us. This is a, this is what we're here for, is to learn. We're not here to to serve ourselves. You know, we're here to serve each other and find love somehow, love, you know, and to help mm-hmm. heal each other because we are magnificent and we don't know half the stuff we're, we're able to do. Think of all the healers and the, you know, people that have gone through time. Think about that hugger lady. What's her name? <laughs> That lady, lady just started out. That one hugger lady, I can't remember her name. Oh yes, they just started out <laughs> hugging one person sincerely. And look what happened. Yeah. Millions of people are lining up to hug this lady because she gives a good <laughs> hug. Now, nice. so put whatever. That's what I'm saying. So put whatever you got to whatever you have, people, <laughs> because this woman <laughs> sits there hugging, and she must smell good too. Because I picture her smelling like flowers, 
and uh, I haven't hugged her yet, but you know, everybody in the whole world wants to hug her. You know, <laughs> really, if that's all you have is a hug, you squat there and do your best hug ever. There you go. Don't give up. I think that's you know the thing is don't is don't don't give up because there's just when you give up, you know, that's when I guess when I was in stumbling in my long hallway of life, I was just feeling so sick. You know, I found out I do have a serious problem. I got diagnosed a month later with this weird thyroid problem. You know, so uh, I am sick, but uh, that will be taken care of. I have to have surgery, but it's a rare, rare thing. It's not something they ever find, you know. I just kept insisting that there was something else, and they found that I have a weird uh, hyperparathyroidism, which is uh, not the thyroid. It's some other thing that runs your whole chemistry, your whole body. And it will get you, but I've had a long time to suffer a long time. So it turned out that even that dream was true, you know. That, but now I'm on a different path. So, uh, what's your message? We we have like ten minutes left, and what what would if what what is this? You had anything you wanted to say? You could say it. And uh, uh, first off, we want to dedicate this show to our loved ones that are no longer with us, and. We love them so much. We love Kyle. We love Jesse. We love my father, Charles, my Aunt Kathy. You know, this is to you guys. I love that. I love that. And they're here. And they're enjoying that we're they having are. these conversations. Are you there? Yep. Okay. They are. It's uh, you know, it's very touching, and they do want to talk about them because, you know, we keep them alive too by. Uh, talking about it and uh, telling them that we miss them and, you know, that we will see each other again. Yeah, asking them to be in our daily lives now. Um, So I I think um, this is a good story to to share. Um, I met a woman, okay, who also did spirit photography pictures. She spoke to her son. Um, her son's name is Ian. And one evening, Connie and I are watching television, and I keep hearing Ian in my ear. And I keep pausing the movie and saying to Connie, are you hearing this? And Connie's saying no. Well, I didn't have a lot of experience with talking, you know, to dead people, so I didn't really know what to do. So uh, after, like, I don't know, like four or five times, I finally... But I stopped the movie again, and I'm, I'm like, okay, Spirit, if this is you, you know, talking to me, I need some sign. Now, I don't know what other sign I thought I needed other than somebody saying his name in my ear, but I apparently needed another sign. So one of my cats happened to be walking past, and she looks at me right at that moment. She stops dead and just meows at me, and I said, okay, that's my sign that, in fact, this is Spirit talking to me. So now the next question is, well, what do I do with this? And I did the only thing I knew to do, and I grabbed the camera. So I walked outside. Now, the minute I walk outside, I feel Kyle, and I'm thinking, well, why am I hearing Ian, but I'm feeling Kyle? And I took the picture. And the minute I took the picture, I knew, because there were two solid spheres in the picture. So what we do affects them over there. Because I met Ian's mother and she met me. Kyle met Ian. Right? Oh. Wow. 
so if we think about this as we go through our daily lives, they truly mm-hmm. are still living life with us. They are. They know what's going on with us. They 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 do know what's happening with us, and they know how we feel. Mm-hmm. And we can ask them yeah. to validate that to us. We can say, hey, listen, I want you to show me that you're with me because I want to hear this particular song on the radio. And then watch for it because you're going to hear oh, it yeah. that day because you asked for it, right? Yeah. I want you well, to my son that comes your... up with stuff like that. My son will come up with just a song, but he, he's a singer, so... Uh, when I cut his hair when he's in town, he's living in New York, he's an actor, but when he comes to town, um, he, uh, I cut his hair, but I say you have to do it for a song. And so he brought out this song, uh, you know that song, uh, Please Come to Boston in the springtime? Yeah, oh, my God. Uh, crying and crying. I said, what are you, why are you doing this, kid? It's not his generation. How does he know? That's right. That means so much to all of us, you know. Mm-hmm. And he does stuff like that all the time. And then it'll, then we'll be out in the restaurant. You haven't heard that song in years. And I swear to God, the next day it was playing in the restaurant where we were having lunch together. You know, because I think I kind of feel that way about him now. He's in New York. You know, when's he coming back? Yeah. You know, he likes it there, but we want him in California. Anyway. Mm-hmm. That's how that goes. So there's there's things like that going on all the time, and uh, it's pretty amazing. So are, were you talking about Kyle's birth mother? I don't know if I misunderstood you. Yes, Kyle. You Kyle was five. I, Kyle was five when I got together with Connie. Connie gave birth to Kyle. So I had to know that. He had okay. Yes. Yeah, so. Wow. You know, you know what? I think uh she's fortunate that you are there with her, you know, my uh ex really couldn't take it. You know what I mean? It was so mm-hmm. devastating and plus I always knew what was gonna happen was gonna happen. So I tried to avoid it. I did everything from send my daughter uh my granddaughter no wait, so, sorry, sorry, start send my uh niece uh back to New York. You know, and uh, when she was two, I sent her there. You know, and my mother always says, like, I'll never forget the look on her face when I brought her back. She said, I'll never forget that look. It was like I couldn't stop it. Like, I knew it was coming, and I couldn't stop what was going to happen. Right. You know, I tried. I really tried. You know, the only thing I could have done was just take her and take off. I would have been in jail, but, you know... That was the only the last straw that I had to do it was actually just to take her. But my niece loved her mother, and that's who she wanted to be with. So I sent her back to her mother. Yeah, you know. So and that was she only lasted two years. But you know, God bless her soul. I know she's happy. So what do you think they're doing over there? We haven't got that much time left. I'm asking you now, a profound question again. Now, I, what do you think they're doing over there? See, I. I think that Kyle is a teacher, and I think that he's teaching me, and he's helping me teach others, and I think that he's meeting a lot of these kids that are leaving so that their transitions um, are 
are dealt with better. Because remember we talked a little bit about some of these darker energies mm-hmm. are just confused souls. So if you mm-hmm. if, so he's meeting some of these confused souls and he's helping them. Uh, again, a little bit of change of a perception of what's happening changes everything, whether you're on this side of the veil or, or the other. And and it all boils down to uh, acting in love or acting in fear. So if he can meet some of these kids that are leaving in fear, if he can meet them in love, it makes their transitions easier for them. Uh, that's so uh, that's so perfect. It's uh, because after all, that's really what's going on. Is that the the other ones go ahead. And they come for us when our time is, and they come for others when their time is. Um, you ever seen that movie, The Lovely Bones? Uh, with Mark uh, Wahlberg. I read the book. And you read I the, read book? the book. Okay, so yep. that was the story about my niece. So was that was an that author was uh, was out of Long Beach, and I told her her story down there, and she changed a lot of things around, but. That story is about my niece, and actually her name comes up. You know the scene where they're playing the record player, you know, and they're dancing in heaven? You know that one scene? Oh, you didn't see the movie, uh, darn it. Well, in the movie, they're uh, dancing in heaven, and they have all these 60s really cute glittery boots on, and the two girls that were murdered uh, were dancing in heaven together. And then a, a teen magazine comes up, and it says, is Jesse a boy or a girl's name? And that's that was in honor of my niece, Jesse. His girl. She's a girl. Uh, so, yeah, Alice Siebold. That's the author's name. Alice Siebold. And that's a story about what we're talking about. How things are going to be okay, you know? Yep. So, Robin, it's been a wonderful night talking to you and having this deep conversation. And uh, yeah, I invite you on any time, of course, to come back and... Um, When's your next show going to be on? When's your next, uh, uh, you know, presentation? I, I have an interview on the 23rd with Cheryl Glick uh, on her show. Uh, and I'm also, the um, there's a group of folks that are putting on the first annual grief convention in Indianapolis uh, the weekend of the 17th of April. And so I am going to go there uh, and talk to folks about you know, connecting with the energy. I'm going to have some pendulums there, some of my books. And uh, if we get a group together, we'll go out and take some spirit photography pictures. That sounds awesome. So, Alex, how can people get a hold of you if they want to contact you for any reason? Uh, My website is Robin, and it's R-O-B-Y-N-L-Reynolds.com, so RobinLReynolds.com. And uh, you can send me an email uh, through there. And it's and my email address is Robin at Robin Reynolds uh, or RobinLReynolds dot com. So you know, contact me. You can contact me through the publishing company as well, the Traveling Soul Press. Thank you so much for being on an intriguing uh, and very interesting show. I just really uh, love you, and I give my best to Connie, and God bless you guys, and keep up the good work. Char, it has been an absolute honor to spend this time with you, and I thank you so much. I send you so much love. Thank you. I feel it. Love you. Good night, everybody. God bless. Take care. Good night. Bye-bye. So this is the end, people, and uh, just the beginning of the next life on the afterlife. I just uh, think this is an awesome topic. Now, remember, there's something coming up this Saturday, 
and that is tomorrow, Gary Bobaroff. Go to his www.archetylnature.com, and he's given a seminar on the archetypal uh, uh, nature of the Jungian thing that I love so dear. Anyway, I want to wish everybody good night. Thank you, all my awesome people in chat. Love you so much, and uh, so happy to see you there every week as, so I don't feel alone. And um, you just have the smartest questions and the most loving people. And God bless you all in chat and all those who are listening. God bless you, too, and that may your, your true love live in your heart. And I think love is going to get us through, even through our fear, even through or anything that uh, we can make it if we just keep love first and try not to think so much of just ourselves and our miseries, okay? God bless you all, and good night.